Hi, I'm Kathy, and welcome back to Cathartic Conversations Podcast, and I want to thank you for joining us today. I am very honored to have this man podcast today because of his nobility, courageousness, and his passion for just, justice and change. He's an activist and a global humanitarian. He's a husband and a dad. And he's here to discuss activism, fatherhood, family, and the state of the world today. Cathartic Conversations podcast, please welcome Tormel Pittman. Hello, everybody. That was a uh, Thank you. I love my, I, I love the intro. I'm like, who is that guy? <laughs> yeah, it was true. Everything was true to me because um, I really... Just started knowing you when I came back to Middlesex County in one. When I left here, I didn't have any knowledge of Tormel Pittman. So, Tormel, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, I'm pretty much right in, in the introduction, but I'm an advocate, uh, humanitarian, correct, um, family man, and uh, a Black liberated first and foremost. I like to, you know, make sure that that's plainly clear. Yeah. I say humanitarian because you have to love and fight for everyone, but specifically, you have to fight for those who are marginalized the most. And it just happens to be you know, uh, Black people. So, uh, you know, I wear multiple hats like most of us do. Mm-hmm. And I, I fall short at times. With one of the hats, one may fall off every now and then, but for the most part, uh, I like to be recognized as a humanitarian. And I like that too. Yeah. Um, tell me a little bit about your upbringing. Because, okay. like I said, I didn't know you. Right. I know your family. Because I know your aunt. And believe it or not, I know your dad. Oh, yeah? Yes. Really? Yep, I okay. sure did. So, this research. <laughs> no, I didn't do no research. Oh, okay. um, I think when I came back, your aunt. And I used to hang together when we was really yes, Linda. Linda, uh oh, that was my girl. Wait, shout out to to my aunt Linda because I don't want you know she'd be ready to kill me if I don't. Big shout out to my aunt Linda. Shout out to the whole McAllen. But like I said, know that um, I didn't know you. Right. So tell me a little bit about upbringing because I know everybody in New Brunswick are related to him. Right, so, right, right, right. Um, you are in Brunswick, New Jersey. Absolutely. And um, how was your upbringing? Upbringing was pretty normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, no, well, I, I'm not going to say normal. It was slightly different. Uh, and I'll explain later, but I was born and raised in New Jersey. Um, Seaman Street, Pittman, mm-hmm. uh, to the Fuqua's. Right. Um, and um, pretty basic childhood as far as, you know, um, family goes. Raised with my mother and grandfather, I had a real huge uh, male figure, which was my father, mm-hmm. um, Boy Pittman. And, uh, you know, aunts, uncles, mm-hmm. cousins, just a big family. Like the house I was raised in, a family house where everybody came and, and things okay. of that nature. You know, unfortunately, uh, you know, I had family members who ran the streets. Ultimately, I ended up running the streets also. Okay. Who ran the streets and 
got a label that was attached to not any of my buildings. So, mm-hmm. you know, I would walk out there, oh, that's one of Pippin boys and reflected in school, it reflected outside of school, and wherever I went, like it was at a point where kids would be told not to play with Pittman boy mm. simply because the Pittman. Okay. So I faced discrimination right. in my community before I did outside of the race. Okay. But ultimately I overcame all of that. Still had a I think a childhood because mm-hmm. I came in an era of maybe the last bit of village where you know older people took care of the younger people whether they were yours or not. Okay. So I think that saved me a lot. Yeah. But um yeah, I had a you know basic upbringing. Went to school. The reason why I asked that question is because I was trying to say in a sneaky way into uh-huh. asking you how did you get into activism and did you follow in anyone's footsteps? I know things like that just don't drop out of the sky because it takes a whole lot of chutzpah. It takes right. a whole lot of courage. It takes a whole lot of self-esteem inside yourself to be able to want to take on a battle as as big as that. That's, I mean, you you deal with a lot of stuff. Yeah, only know a lot of stuff that anybody, nobody else knows. Yeah, you know that. I was with somebody right before I was pulling up. I was off the phone helping somebody with their uh, son, and he going through an issue in school. Uh, so, did you follow in anybody's footsteps, or this was something that was born inside of you? Uh, everybody has to follow in somebody's footsteps, whether they're conscious of it or unconscious. Of it. Okay, I like that. You know, um, you see influence. You see certain things in people that you'd be like, wow, I like that characteristic of that person. And, you know, um, so it was a multiple, it was a multiple people, you know, uh, footsteps I followed in. Okay. Those who I met, of course, you know, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, yeah. you know, um, but there were a lot of women too that inspired me, you mm-hmm. know, as far as in the, in the flesh, there was a lot of um, women in my family who were strong-willed. Wow. And, you know, being around a group of a bunch of black women, mm-hmm. you're gonna turn into activists, whether you want to or not. <laughs> if they're strong will, you can forget about it. Uh-huh. You're gonna be some type of activist. So, you know, there was a lot of people who inspired me. I just can't say one person because I'll be I will be doing a discredit to, you know, people I was raised with, people who went to school with, people who mentored me in the communities. Right. Um, so I don't want to do a disservice to anybody. So it was a multiple, it was a multiple. It was my village. Okay. You know, it was my village. All right. Well, what are the hardest realizations of an activist that that an activist has to face and accept? Because I know there's some things that discourage you. There's some things that make you want to give up. There's some things that just deplete you. Right. Because things are not going the way you they should. Right. So, what are some of the things that you have to accept and keep moving forward? Okay. Well, for you know your first question, I I also you know put a. a stronger definition on it. Uh, what brought me in quote um, known activism was maybe like 12 years ago with Barry DeLoach killing. Okay. That's what I label. But I, me being an activist prior to that, I always had the personality of something ain't right. And it, if it didn't feel right and then sit right with me, I would almost like suffocate. So it's like you do something about it, or you just sit here with a lump in your throat. And, yeah. You know, even when I was on the street doing wrong, like if if I did something to you, I, I had to voice my opinion. Mm-hmm. And it, sometimes it worked out for the better, sometimes it worked out against me. But um, 
the number one thing that you face with activism, unfortunately, is the backlash from your own people. Mm, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, you'd be surprised. Like, if you're not prepared for that, and if you can't handle that, and that's why a lot of people get in for a short amount of time and then take off, and I understand it because you don't see that coming. You got to elaborate on that a little bit. Uh, because cause that, yeah. that was a heavy, yeah. that statement was heavy. Yeah. Uh, Give us a little bit of a lot of times our that people, backlash. When, like, with, with other races, I'll, I'll use other races for an example. When someone steps up and they advocate for their own race, they get full support. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, emotionally, physically, financially, they get all the support they get. Right. With us, sometimes when somebody steps up, it's like a lot of people start to take advantage of that. Wow. You know, they want to see what they can get out of them. Mm. And, you know, a lot of times I was put up against people who have resources and my people are sending me with nothing but money. <laughs> so I got to fight this lion, this monster with nothing. And these <clears throat> people, got resources. people are bringing in college educated people and, you know, corporate people just to fight this kid from the hood. Right. And I go to feel like, listen, I need help. Now, help is not just cutting a check. Or, you know, some people don't have money. You know, some people don't have the time. You know what I mean? But you either have to have the talent. You have to give something. Right. You know, like, listen, Mel, I don't have no money. You know, I can't show up because I got to work. But I could print these flyers for you at work and pass mm -hmm. them out. Or right. I could get this word out. Mm -hmm. I could share your post to make sure other people see it. There's a number of ways that you can, you know, support. But a lot of people... A lot of, I, I see it as our people, they feel like, you know, um, once he's done, there'll be another person that we can um, get to fight for us. True. And I always use this analogy. You can only fight for yourself, you know, really, when it comes down to it, you can only fight for yourself. Right. Because they don't, they only respect the person that's fighting. Mm -hmm. Like, you can't go to, you can't go to somebody and say, listen. I need you to go to the gym for me and work out and bring the muscles back to me. Now, that person go to the gym, but they're going to get in shape. It has nothing to do with you. You can't, you know, you can't send someone to the gym to work out for you. Mm -hmm. You have to be. That's the same with activism. Mm -hmm. You can't just send somebody and expect things to change in your life. Of course not. You either go with them or sit back and continue to get what is happening. Right, right. Understood. Now, Tormel, um, I, I'm, at, I'm looking at through activists mm -hmm. and I feel like I know you probably battle with for lack of a better word good versus evil mm -hmm. I mean you're on the front line and you, you're a freedom fighter you're fighting for good right. so there's always the right. point coming in trying to get you swayed to go another direction because uh, absolutely. have you ever dealt with that before all, all the time like it People think it's uh, fake, right? And I, and I realize that, um, you know, you got to be a certain person. So that's why, like, I have trust issues also. You know, like, after. I could imagine, yeah, yeah, I could know, imagine because I could sit there because I know the ones who sold out and didn't. That's, you the, know? that's the secrets I know. I was talking yeah. about still. Yeah, some people, but they still got our people wrapped around their fingers. Exactly. So and. I'll give you an example. It was invited to a banquet. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm just, I'm fresh into activism. Right. I'm, I'm locked up or protesting or 
seven. I'm all over places. This the activist. Mm -hmm. So organization, citizens. I think what was it? Citizens camp. Uh, citizens campaign. Some some organization. They had a banquet in Somerset. That's I'm, I'm giving specifics so people will know. This is just one incident. Mm -hmm. And uh, giving this to you, nobody. Never, <laughs> stuff I'm gonna give. In this interview, you're giving us, giving us a little bit of something. Okay. I saved this for my sister. I said, so there was a bank. Mm -hmm. It was the White House and on Davidson Ave in Somerset. I think it's White House, the White House. It's a banquet. Uh, hall. The hall. Yes, yeah. a banquet hall. Mm -hmm. So they had a banquet there and they invited me. Okay. Came. And it was Pat, you know, politicians and you know um, people corporation all types of different people were there mm -hmm. and people who are outside fighting each other and didn't like each other and their friend friend like smoothing and so i came in there and you know people who i, I was screaming at maybe at a meeting here and yelling at and exposing they just thought that they could walk up to me and hey I'm like yo get out of my face like what? And I'm like, yo, I thought, like, and they tried to get me to be like, no, you know, you know, you, we playing the game. I, I left. Ooh, I left. Yeah. You know what I mean? I walked out. This, you know, this really in my, so I realized it's really a game. Right. You know, so that was one of the, one of many experiences that I experienced that day. You know, the people think they're fighting each other in public. They really each not. Other. Program banquets, you know, all these, even black organizations who we did prominent, they up there smoothing and rubbing knuckles. So, you know, it's, it's like the games, a lot of people. And that's so that's sad. That's yeah. that that's really discouraging to see. Yeah. And in spite of all of that, you still keep your integrity. Yeah. And you still keep your moral compass, moral compass intact. And I like that about you because I seen that about you when I came home. I watched you on Facebook. I said, he's for real. That's the first thing that dawned. It's the first thing that came into my mind. Right. I said, he's he's not playing. He's right. for real. Because, I mean, it don't take me to be an activist. It don't take me to be somebody prominent to know that people play both sides. Right. You can kind of see it. If you don't see it, you kind of feel it. You right. see how people move. You know they play on both sides. You know if they're standing for a cause. Are you really standing for a cause? But I believe genuineness. And that's why I'm honored to have you today. Okay. Uh, next question. Uh, if you could and was given the power to automatically change things in the world, what would they be and why? Change three things. Three things. Uh, like snap of a finger. <laughs> what would they be and why? Take your time. Well, one would be, first and foremost, no brainer. We yeah. would never die. We really? Would never perish. Yeah. Really? Yeah, we would never perish. So, I mean, I know you perish into an afterlife. Yeah. You know, but I would like. To so have, you would want to be immortal. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I want all of us to be. I would want all of us to be, and um, <laughs> yeah, I would definitely want all of us to be immortal. Okay. Um, two. Mm -hmm. Now, more realistic. <laughs> okay. I would want. Uh, my people, black people, to have a level of empathy for each other. Mm, wonderful. Like, you know, uh, a deep empathy. 
because I think that's one thing that we lack. Yes. We all know what we've been through. We all go through the same thing. We still act like it's separate. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, so I would love some more empathy for um, one another. And lastly, well, the first, I mean, I hate the fact that children pass, like children die. Me too. And so that was the one, the, the, the first one and the last one is almost the same. I would love for, you know, it'd be a, no children ever. If someone had to pass, it would be a, you know, um, children. Could I add an extra one? Men protect women more. Wow. That's it. And then I'm good. If if I had those, things, everything else I could, I could maneuver and work and figure out everything else. But if, if I had that you know, protection... And it's maybe maybe simply for us, but I think that you know women need a more level protection. Mm -hmm. Well, I always say, um, well, I've heard that um, from the beginning we had thing embedded in us, and I'm talking about black people mm -hmm. um, that keeps us from being as that we always, that's where the, what they call them, crabs in a barrel. barrel. Yeah, Willie Lynch syndrome. Yes. Yeah, so that. whatever that is that's trapping us where we can't stick together, where we can't prosper, where we can't um, love one another, I would want that removed. Right. That's my one, and that's the one I'm sticking with. That's, that's, a, that's a good one. Because this taking off of us. Yeah. If, it, if it was a shield, take it off of all of us yeah. so we can things how it really and truly is. And there's some people that I don't mess with. That's what you, my opinion, I don't agree with them. I don't agree with everybody. But my problem be is the ones who we all get, like, you know, when you told me to do this project, there was nothing that was going to stop me from and I'm, 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 you know, I love that. <laughs> you know, I appreciate nothing, that. There was nothing going to stop me. I don't care what was going on. I was going to do this podcast. And for one reason is because I know you're an activist and you're sincere at what you do. Uh, this is a form of activism. Yeah, I know. You know and, and I'm glad you feel that coming off of me. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And also, we need to be seen, like, you know, working together. Yes. You know, we need to be seen, you know, um, Encouraging, inspiring, and doing everything we could uplift each other. That's true. So, you know, if somebody pop or somebody has a podcast, still don't mean that you don't, you're not able to go to Kathleen's podcast and, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. And, 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 and express your views and vice versa. Absolutely. You know, invite her. So, mm -hmm. you know, this is just a form of us working together and unifying and building our platforms because you can't cry. I hate how we're depicted in uh, mainstream media. Right. So now here you're creating a media platform. Mm -hmm. Who do I have to complain about when I don't support your platform? Exactly. I don't. I don't like how they depict us. Mm -hmm. But here it is. You you created your own platform, and I feel some type of way about. It. So what do I do here? I'm just all talk. So right. We got to build our own platform. You know, each other's platform. Well, thank you, Tormel, again. Okay. Next question. You feel people resist change, even when they know it is for a positive outcome. You like to hear me talk, don't you? These I do. Is... <laughs> I do. I'm trying to get in your head. I'm trying to. I'm trying to figure out how Tormel Pittman yeah. is standing in that front line doing what he do. I think a lot of we're afraid of change. Change requires responsibility. 
once you change, then you're expected to perform in a certain manner. If I don't want to get out of it, I just want to lay there with the remote in my hand and just wait and just, you know, never leave the room. That doesn't require it. But if I want to get out and I want to, you know, um, live life and have, for one, you got to get out, you got to get in the car. Yes. So you got to work. You got to do something to create some type of um, quality of life. Right. And for example, I tell some people sometimes some parents don't want their children to go to college because that will force them to step their game up as far as support. You can't not. Um, get Is that a, re- Is that a reality? I'm, I'm trying to tell you. Wow. I'm trying to tell you. You would be surprised. You know they could because they can handle they can handle you know um a kid incarcerated right you know you know some you know some parents that'll send their kid money you know they may have a kid in school and the kid locked up they'll send the kid the money locked up to do the kid in school like you'd be surprised wow so you know when you're successful it requires a certain level of possibility right and people are aware of that mm-hmm. like, oh, yes, i can't for that promotion but you know once i get that promotion i gotta take more stuff from it. man go get it you know um it's just a number of things i think why people are free. and it comes back to i think our slave mentality yeah yeah exactly and you know the fact that even when we're doing good sometimes we still recognize when we're doing good we'll self-sabotage ourselves so yes yeah, something you know and it happens to me you know our things will be going fine i'm like what's about to happen yeah I'm about to go wrong, and then it'd be the slightest thing that go wrong, but then I enhance it. That was it. I knew mm-hmm. it was going to be this and that and the other. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think that once we realize who we are, the power we have, and the fact that we are supposed to be doing good, we are supposed to be healthy, we're also, we are not supposed to stress over bills. Right. And, you know, we're not supposed to backbite each other. Once we realize we're not supposed to do that, I think we'll be a lot better. Yes, I agree. Now, I'm not going to get, I'm going to get a little deeper because okay. uh, to me, the other questions were kind of surface. I said, one deep question. All right. The time you began an active, being an activist until now, do you see any between and society that has been for us? Do you see any move? Do you see, I know you have, I know. Right. I know you do. I know you right. have hope, but do you see any movement, any anything towards going in the right direction as far as we're concerned, as far as elevation is concerned? Yeah, I do. Okay. That's, you know what? I, that's see hopeful. It, I see I see it. I see it a lot. That's good. The problem is we'll get more mobility, we'll gain, we'll accomplish something, mm-hmm. but it's short lived because we're not good in the next department that's true. we don't maintain what we 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 we've achieved you don't maintain our achievements so our consistency yeah. lacks yeah we got something. all you know we'll celebrate she's the first black female he's the first black man in the x y and z then we just disappear we happy with that but you don't then you go 10 years later they would wow. <laughs> nobody else came through that door so instead of continuing to push forward we'll make we'll accomplish something and then take off and now that's done uh-huh. I think we need to start um because we have the power to do it 
Yes. What one of the amazing things is, like I'll give you an example, like with the George Floyd death. There was no legislation passed on behalf of George Floyd. Wow. But because people fought, we mm -hmm. forced uh, the police department to change their own on their own. They changed legislation on their own. They changed um, conduct on their own. Wow. Without it being, without them being forced. So that's powerful. Yes, it is powerful. That's very powerful. Mm -hmm. You know, people say all the time, like you know, well, black people, like we are the, I guess, punks of America, whatever. I tell people all the time, I said, if, if black people got reparations, we right. reparations. Okay. Um, see reparations. We all just took our money and went on the island. We, we all right, y'all saying we shooting, game banging, y'all calling us hustlers, dope fiends, crackheads. We're gonna take everybody, we all leaving. Guarantee you half this nation will follow us. Follow. Don't leave us. So, we're the influential people, you know, knows it. We know it. We just don't, we don't practice, we don't, we don't take ownership of it. Okay, we'll create something, the world will love it, and then someone else will benefit from it. All right, you know, we need to start taking more ownership once we take more on because we're in a position to do so mm -hmm. i certainly your question but no, I hear we're, you. we're in a position to do so it's okay and today the reason why we we because you know in our past we've never really been in a position mm -hmm. to do what we needed to do our grandparents great grandparents they right. never really were in a position mm -hmm. we are not in a position to do so they wanted to be in a position but couldn't yes. We can be in a position, but we don't want to be. Mm -hmm. So that's the rules have reversed. Okay. So once we want to be in a certain position, I think that we'll be fine and worked hard where we can, you know, do whatever we need to, you know, get us what we need. Mm -hmm. Okay. That was a good answer. You did very that was good. Let's talk foundation. Okay. Um, what do you believe in spiritually? Everything. And what keeps you moving forward spiritually? Because it all starts from inside. Yeah, I'm a spirit. I'm a spiritual person. I'm not as much a religious person, mm -hmm. but and I get all the time to Muslims, um, Christians, Catholic, specifically Black people. Okay. I think you know. Um, I respect Allah, God, Jesus, most Muhammad. I respect everybody. Okay. Um, but I think. If I want to be a religious person, I think I, I'm a black liberator. I think that's more my religion than anything. Oh, okay. Um, I think that the first word that you say is what links most of our people to uh, religion, which is spirituality. Right. You know, we're spiritual people. Mm -hmm. And if you look in any religion, you have good points, you have bad points. Right. And I think the good points drive black people to... Uh, a, a certain way of life right because of our ancestry like we are spiritual people yes you know the sun loves us mm -hmm. the uh the, the the um the vegetables that we nourish our body so we are spiritual we are of this planet mm -hmm. and you know um i think we are more in love with spirituality than religion like you know some people don't go to church all the time people don't read the book mm -hmm. but it's something that hits like it hit the person that's in they are read the Bible all day long that that's the spirit. I think that the spirit, you yes. know, um it's just something in us that that, that uh takes over 
Mm-hmm. Us in, 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 in evolves us beyond beyond you know the realm that we are in. Mm-hmm. So uh spirituality is definitely uh what I think that drives me what I do. And I think it drives everybody. That's what I was getting ready to say. Um your purpose. Your purpose was moved by your spirit. Right. It shows to show your work. Now let's talk about your family. Okay. Uh oh. Here we go. Here we go. Let me say you are married with how yeah. many children? Three. And what are their names? No name. Twenty youngest. Mm-hmm. My son, he just had a birthday and April 7th. He's in the big one five. Okay. Practitioner. All right. Yeah. How do you uh discuss active with children and the reason why you are involved in it? Uh, they kind of fell into it. Like what, 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 once, I'll tell you a story. You're gonna, you, I'm going to tell you how I got into, quote unquote, being labeled as an activist. That was a story behind it. Okay. There's a story behind it. And you getting it first. Um, I was working like for a medical transportation place. Mm-hmm. Driving for medical transportation. And I got a phone call. A guy, I mean, he called me and said, hey, you heard what happened, right? I said, like, what happened? He said, man, he just killed uh, Barry DeLoach. Now, I know Barry from Barry's work. When I went to high school, he used to work at the high school security at the high school. Yeah, I grew up with Barry. Yeah, he actually broke up a fight when I like, put out high school. Mm-hmm. But um, say the police shot Barry. This is going to be only going to tell you it's going to be kind of long early, but um, say he just shot Well, try to condense I got you. <laughs> So, long story short, everybody's meeting at City Hall. Okay. And I'm looking and I'm seeing the faces on people. I remember Sean Poth being, Kyle Adams being killed. And I'm like, and they did it again? That's what drove me into real like, hardcore activism. I'm like, they did it again. And, and uh, you know, it's going to continue to happen until something crazy happens. Right. So, while people were in City Hall, everybody had like a dazed look on their face. I seen like, People driving past the courthouse just with a, you know, I'm seeing different races of people, white people, just with a disgusted look on their face. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, man, I'm not we letting no more cars pass. And we started blocking traffic. Somebody, y'all going by claiming flame blocking traffic off. Um, so we started blocking traffic. They pulled me out. Zach Buzz at the time to do this. So goes home. Wife, I'm explaining. I'm like, you know, they killed from New Brunswick. Oh. And for the record, let me clear the air. My wife is from South Jersey. Oh, okay. I'm New Brunswick to the court. Mm-hmm. Born and raised. So technically her mother and father's from Brunswick. So I kinda get a pass. Hopefully. <laughs> hopefully y'all give me a my mom and dad is from New Brunswick. Yeah, so <laughs> dad's from the project. So you know. But um I was speaking to and I was like, uh, from New Brunswick, you know, I knew or whatever. And she said, really? I said, yeah, the police shot him. And, you know, she could see that something was bothering me. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, I'm like, I, some guy, you know, I, I do so. I wasn't an activist then. Like, you know, I'm like, something I done. She said, well, two things. You don't lead it because I know you. And don't get locked up. And I felt miserably at both of them. Okay. <laughs> so it was time, you know, in the morning, news would come be on the news in front of the news and she 
miss it. Like she would just be like folding clothes or something. And it's like, oh, I hope she don't see. Right. <laughs> I'm in front. So I had to hide. Yeah, it blew up. And then I'm like, listen, I'm going hard. She was like, she was supportive of it. Of course. You know, um, mm -hmm. but the kids have, you know, they see a lot, a lot of behind closed doors, behind the scenes, they see and experience it. Mm -hmm. So they know fully aware of what I do and, you know, what I'm feeling. And so. And how, and how do they feel about it? Do you see any little activists coming out of your family? They all are. They're activists in their own way. <laughs> That's wonderful. I just try to structure them, you know, as a parent, as least um, as possible. You know, mm -hmm. don't take the route I take. So, you know, but they seen they've seen it. They've seen the good parts, the bad parts. You know, they they walk in a room and you got a room full of say white people and they hear their dad speak. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, you know, or they go to a protest and everybody's standing there. And then the minute I walk up, the whole 500 people start following their dad. So they kind of got it. So they grew up with yeah, it. And they, 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 they learn to respect you more. And more. Yeah, yeah. They, 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 they mm -hmm. how do you want to grow old? I want to I just want to grow old. I make it <laughs> <laughs> getting old. That's what I want to You are first. <laughs> um, I grow old. And I, I you know, I, um, I want to be that old guy who, you know, and we only had kids, so we missed me and my wife are realizing now that we want a house, like kids running around me, or this one arguing, and this one in the front, and this one. We want to, you know, our kids a little too, like, ain't giving us that. So hopefully we'll get it with our kids. But um, I want to be that old guy who, I'm in the front of the house, about to blow the house up. She's and then sending a good kid to see what I'm doing. And, cool. you know, yeah, I just want to be the old guy about to blow the house up. Okay. <laughs> Always working on something. All right. Same quite along the same lines. How do you want to be remembered? Mm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I want to be remembered. Um, depends on who's trying to remember me. <laughs> you know, um, I categorize as a person. As person. an activist, as a person who walked in his and touched a lot of a lot of people you are. I think so? Yes. Um a person who uh who loved his people unconditionally. Wow, I like that. I, I want I, I want to be the person, you know, um like, like once like say law enforcement. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes a lot of police officers, they brag on the work that they put in in our community. You know, like one cop just was fired from the um, high schools because, uh, you know, rides were taking place. And he said, it's time that we start cracking heads again. Wow. He, he said, I, yeah, uh, yeah. I said, okay, I stand on what I said. But um, so, we said, so they removed him from school. Mm -hmm. That mentality is that you enjoyed you know, the torture and it, you know, that you inflicted on a community, specifically blacks. So don't you remember when you start cracking heads, what do you do when Tormel is around? Uh, talk about that era. Right. Because a lot of things that New Brunswick officers do, they no longer do, like show people, people in a sense. I'm advocating, you know, that hasn't been happening. So, how many heads have you been cracking once I became an activist or an advocate? Mm -hmm. That's just not specifically to him, but to any of those tough guys. What have you been doing 
you know, how many heads have you cracked since I've been advocating for my people? Okay. Now, what's your legacy? My legacy? Mm-hmm. Uh, it have to be defined by my Like, they would have Because <laughs> I'm still in the, you know what I'm saying? I'm still a work in progress. You still, still you're still a work in progress, but you know where you where you have come from and where you're at. Right. In, in your mind's eye, when you do the things you do and you relax at the end of the day, right, and you center yourself, mm-hmm. what are you leaving behind for your kids? I'm leaving behind. Uh, what do you want them to take with from the you got? Uh, the sure. most energy. And my passion. Okay. Because, uh, you know, a lot of people think that they can leave their kids a, a boatload of money or, you know, uh, um, just, a, just a treasure chest that will provide them security while they're gone, but that doesn't exist. Like, you know, my daughters can marry. Say, for instance, I leave my daughter, my daughter's $20 million a piece. Mm-hmm. They may get with the wrong person and just, dissolve that money within a couple of years. Mm-hmm. So what I so if I leave them wisdom and education beyond money, then I think that I would be more comfortable, you know, me not being there. I know that they can concept of my structure and what I Okay. Are you finished with activism? No. No, you answered it for me. <laughs> no, Tormel. You haven't I, retired, have you? And I've retired in one form of activism, but overall, you can't retire from activism overall. Mm-hmm. I think I've worn myself out. Like in my my beginning stages of activism, I was bored. Mm-hmm. Like I was all over the state, like you know, and just just wore out. Mm-hmm. And what slowed me was one of my oldest daughter. My oldest daughter. Or me not even trying to put this put that fire out. This person said, you know, uh, the landlord's doing this. This person did this in school. And I'm all over the place trying to put out all these fires. And my, her grades were slipping. And so then I'm like, you know, I had to make a, a conscious decision. That, you know, because I think that um, Malcolm X and Martin Luther King both were amazing. And they're both my role models. I think they made a great thing as far as the, the sacrifice for you know the calls outside of their family you know i think that wow. they, they weren't able to juggle both you know king's last when he went to Memphis, you think it was a great decision or you think was his purpose you know if you look <laughs> because what they fought for and what they wanted to accomplish i think we went this generation took it backwards like they don't recognize and appreciate the accomplishment and the magnitude of who these men were you know, I um, think that too, but I also think that um, for each era, there is somebody who has to rise up and do for the era. Right. Um, back then, we look at that them as being wow, like you just said. He sacrificed for nothing. No, it's no nothing. <laughs> it's no nothing. It was the strides that he had to take for his for that era. Yeah. It's like this Tormel like, um, Pittman. You're bringing your stride for this era. I look at the fact that how, you know, I just, for me being a man, high school, you know, you get two sons. He, mom, made, he made that sacrifice. Yeah. That's yeah, the mom. sacrifice he made because I think we are all given an assignment. Yeah. It's up to us whether we want to accept it or not. Right. Um, right. But 
I think it's like this is this is going to be the outcome, and this the trek gonna come from here to there for this era to get closer to where we want to be. Right. Now you have been given this assignment. Are you going to accept this assignment to take it? But your assignment consists of you leaving your kids and your family at home. Right. Your your wife. You have to pick your wife. You see who he picked, right? You have to pick your wife to right. be the helm of the family while the husband is gone to take care of the kids. Right. That's why when people are picked in such a position as yourself, they're structured from the beginning to have your wife who can help hold it down right. as your pick to go on this large assignment. Right. The kids are going to be well taken care of. God, I think God has aligned the whole family to be to move ahead and to move forward um with the people that you have chosen to be your circle your right. wife that's your circle. you know for a fact if you go out and do activism like king did you know that your wife can hold your kids down right well here, here, here's here's the, here's the um here's the here's the thing go ahead um this is you know why i like to explain so people can have an understanding right. i'm not leaving active i cannot leave activism I told you that lump in the beginning, when that lump in my throat, when it hit, I got to do something right, about it. Right. And I don't think people are going to stop putting pressure on my people anytime soon. Mm -hmm. I just look at um, the way, like, for instance, Martin Luther King dedicated so much. Mm -hmm. $100 short of his funeral. He, wow. you know, his, his children, mm -hmm. you know, as they get older, they have to get money. They try to the Nobel Peace Prize. I've seen that. Yeah, I've seen that. And guess what? The door shut down. Mm. Which one? Not. Which one? His, um, was that Beatrice or uh, what's the other one name? The Yolanda. Yolanda. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. But she was like, well, not, and she had. I think they had to take her to court to, um, you know, get it or whatever they want to put in the museum. But she, you know, right. just for them to be at that point, Malcolm X's daughters, you know. Um, oh wow, that whole story. Yeah. So one, I don't know if it's true or not, but allegedly he had to deal with credit card scams yeah. of that nature. Right, right. And then grandson who was just like oh, yeah. the second coming of Malcolm X. He set the grandmother up, on fire, right? Yeah, but yeah. ended up, you know, and he said it was an accident. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you reach, if you look at it like videos, he was talking just like Malcolm X. Mm -hmm. He was looking like him, speaking like him, and then he killed him. You know, he threw him off a roof in Mexico. Oh, my God. So, you know, um, there's just certain things that transpired after the fact mm -hmm. that they get the protection that they needed from the community that their father dedicated yeah. their lives yeah. to them. I think that we owe a, a bigger responsibility to the people who are going to step forward. I agree with you that. Know? And it's not just me. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody who's doing something, you had it, you had it on your heart and spirit to create a podcast. Mm -hmm. And they're trying to pull me down. Trust me. You hear what I'm saying? They're trying to knock me right yeah. on off of here. And you got to fight. Now, you might you might fight these people, <laughs> but, the, um, but you're not going to sacrifice. I came, I came into this, Tormel, knowing that this is bigger. You have, not, you have, you have to come in. Not bigger than you. Dude. And he's honest. Yes. And not his spirit. So, you need. There you go. That's that's what that's what I'm and like yeah, I started. I've been discouraged. I I say some of the told this put this put it this uh this can uh work.
so much Tory stuff. That's for me. It's coming for the people you're trying to help. I don't even know the people, but I know, you know, they get fearful. When yeah, you that's them. what it is. It's, it's, a, it's a level of fear. That's what it is. Yeah. And, you know, it's opposed to them. If anybody come to me, there's never been a person, like, people will come to me, right? And I could see it in their eyes. I could be in a demonstration, right? Mm -hmm. And there'd be, like, 500 people behind me. Right. They follow me. They, every word I say, they say. Mm -hmm. If I stop, the whole crowd stops. Right, right, right. I walk the whole crowd. Up. If I say be quiet, you will hear. You can hear a pin drop. Mm -hmm. And there's always somebody who will come next to me. Right. And they'll be trying to yell and scream. And, and every time, what I do is I take the mic off mm -hmm. and I give it to them. Do <laughs> I give it to them? And, you, and look it. And what that does is that encourages them. Right, right. We're in competition. Mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. know, I'm not your competition. I'm gonna help. If they can't do the words, I'll whisper it to them. And now they're leading the protest and they realize uh, so I, uh, me doing that, you didn't have to be with me. Right. I it's not about to help you and assist you. Mm -hmm. You know, and a lot of people will keep when you're knocking you, if they just come to you, you can help them. You can Absolutely. Help them. That's what I keep telling everybody. Mental health podcast. Absolutely. But we and we focus on my body and spirit. Um, since the pandemic, um, that's where I got inkling um, to start it because there were so many people in my area about the problems and the trouble that they were having and how they were struggling and just trying to exist in this new era that all of us is really trying to exist in and going through things that they never have went through right. before. So and We didn't talk about that. Yeah, no, we're getting. We got time. We do <laughs> got a little bit of time. I'm running out. How much time you got? I'm running um, Before... Well, before we go, we'll get to that. But yeah, let's talk about the new era. What do you think about um new things that's going on after the pandemic? Because the world has changed. I want to know your views on where you think the world is going and uh, what can we do to help these people that are. Well, I think the pandemic helped. Well, the pandemic are the reasons me. When I first said I was going to retire from activism. Mm -hmm. What was pushing me to retire was the fact that there were a lot of I was going to focus my attention on uh, black women being kidnapped. Oh, so yes. If you ever look at that's a call. Yeah. I, I forgot to uh, I, I forgot with um, um, the campaign that I, I had going on. Um, Stay alert 365 mm -hmm. where, you know, um, I was getting uh, women to start taking self classes and you know, things of that nature. And that mm -hmm. was, this was right prior to the pandemic. Right. Then, you know, once the pandemic hit, it was like we were locked in the house. Mm -hmm. And me being locked in the house without, you know, I couldn't even work. Mm -hmm. I'm like, man, I don't know what's in the world. You know, I'm not going to, I ain't going to be able to work. Mm -hmm. Knowing my kids and, you know what I mean? My wife took a leave also. Right. So we were in the house 24-7 with each other. Okay. Nobody, the only place we leave to go, go get food back home. Mm hmm we had the best time like when the doors was opening up we were like <laughs> we well oh, that's good for you because yeah. there's a lot of people i heard a lot of people found out that they here's here's the thing Here, now here's the thing well, the but here's the thing mm -hmm. now that was a gift and it's kind of a curse because once the door opened back up we were so used to being each other and you got george floyd killed my yeah. phone is ringing off crazy. yeah of course so i used to be like you know what Y'all stay here. I'll be right back. Mm -hmm. Now I was like, we were so close. You know, we're going with you. 
So if you see George Floyd era, every protest I was at, the family is now with me. Okay. They were like, no, you're not going by yourself. Right. I'm like, I know because something can happen. Okay, mm -hmm. if something can happen, then you can't go. Right. So it's like, you know, so they started clinging with me, mm -hmm. you know, everywhere I went. But I said, now I got to start picking my punches. Right, right. You know, I can't just do it. I can't go into the lines then like I used to because they're not going to let me go. Okay. So, you know, I said, well, you know, I'm not going to announce that I'm a rapper. I'm just going to advocate in different forms. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. I'm not, yeah, I'm not going nowhere. Okay. Before we get to the end of the show, I have one more question because I really, I wanted to know how you felt about this. Um, about to have a show next month okay. on suicide. Okay. Teen suicide. Did you hear about the 11 year old girl? No. Uh, it's an 11 year old girl. A couple of days ago, she took her life in the bathroom of a school. Oh, wow. Two weeks prior to that, her father died of cancer. She was being bullied at school, and her mom emailed the school about her being bullied instead of going to the school and confronting the issue herself. Right. And then in the same timeline, the day before, there's another 14-year-old girl who was attacked. She committed suicide. Wow. Um, the statistics, um, if you look crazy on these teens, uh, and little kids suicide yeah. as of the last three years. I want to know um, what do you think is a course of action that we should take with our children now? Because obviously the times are different. There's no longer you come home from school, go in your room and shut the door and chill out. Yeah. We have to engage. What I think we need more engagement with um, calling them kids to the couch, yeah. finding out how was your day. How did your day go today? Let's discuss how your day went. Yeah. We need to start delving into that. You say, we need to back off our kids. No, we back off our kids right. now because this is getting crazy. Absolutely. So what do you think your plan is for as interaction? So I, got, so I got another job to work on. Yes. Okay. I'm you should see these statistics with these I, kids. It, it, you know, when I hear stuff, I cannot do anything. You got to, it's always, I think, you hear things. Just like this happened, by the way. Wow. Yeah. Just like you know, you had to put it on your platform. Always something we we can we can do a little something to make things better. Mm -hmm. I always you know, like I've been blessed to have children where I've never I had I've had any issues. Mm -hmm. You know, never been disrespectful. I know. Um, my son, he he you know he, I have him more than any. You know, we're always together. My daughters, you know, I have three children, but we do things together and I always get my alone time. My daughter, we were just went out to eat mm -hmm. yesterday. And I you know, I try to give them time because kids, when they don't have no option, when they're young and their brains haven't fully developed, your brain fully develops when you're 25. You I know? don't I don't want I need your frontal lobe is developed at 25. And I didn't want to be judgmental of this lady because I know she probably would destroy herself her husband yeah. just put that uh but we do wait, we do more right and wrong give him a pass. but yeah i respect the but i think she should sought psychiatry for this this child who yeah. was going through all this extreme emotion plus she's getting bullied at school could you yeah. imagine the weight that she was carrying and i think sometimes make a mistake of not giving like i have children who acts exactly like me Wow. Yeah, my daughter, and we all, you know, my my wife will take my other kids. 
You know, she acts exactly. Well, they all got different characteristics, but, you know, certain things that transpire, my children know, I know I'm going to stand up, mm-hmm. you know, because my, I know if I'm right, my parents are going to stand up for me. I'll give you an example. But I want this question from a non child. Let's just say no support because I don't know. I don't know if the lady was supportive. I'm putting that disclaimer out there. I'm saying let's take the let's let's look at it through different eyes. Let's look look at it through the perspective of eleven year old child, and you already know the mentality of eleven year old child who's getting bullied, just lost her dad, and is stressed. Right. They don't have an they don't have an avenue. At some point, somewhere, that child felt like she couldn't come to someone for help. Like there was no way. She had to to take things into her own hands, Mm -hmm. and that 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 just doesn't happen overnight. I believe that some things that this kid experienced was like, all right, I can't, I can't go to that. You know what I mean? And they they need to have an outlet, you know. And when kids commit suicide, that means they they looked around for every other option. And, and they found no way out. Way yes, out. yes. And when you look at the option, you should be like, oh, that is my option. You know, that's my, that's my, you know, one option. Because certain things transpire that you might not even know have taken place with children. Mm-hmm. Like when my kids come in, I look at their eye. Mm-hmm. What's going on? Right. And, you know, one thing most, a, a lot of people got away from, like, most important thing in my house is my dining room. Mm-hmm. We sit and eat at dinner. We sit at dinner table and eat. Wow. I got my chair. My son, he tries to spin it sometimes and we start wrestling. But I got everybody got there. You know, we sit down and we eat dinner as a family. Mm-hmm. And that's when all everything comes out. It's not just about sitting down and eating dinner, but everything comes out. What happened in school? Oh, dad, this, 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 you know, you hear everything. That dinner table is important, mm-hmm. you know, just to sit down. And, you know, you'll find out a lot that's going on. Right. Your dad ripping and running. At least three times a week, sit down at the table with the family. So you can get brought up to speed. I agree. You know, um, there was one time my daughter, <clears throat> we were at a holiday party. And, you know, um, there was a kid who, you know, um, felt her mom was on PTA, you know, parent teacher associate. Mm-hmm. And she would kind of like force herself on certain kids mm-hmm. that she wanted to hang out with. And if they didn't hang out with her, she told her mom and her mom would bully them, bully the children. So, um, one day, my daughter, we had a Halloween gathering, and that's why it's important for black fathers to be present. That's true. Even on the things that they don't think that's important, like little Halloween. I agree with I that. I don't care if your kid is rolling around and he's in a competition. Mm-hmm. Go to that competition, mm-hmm. you know, um, support him. So, at the Halloween, me, my wife, all the family, we're at the Halloween party, you know, everybody is running around, sliding on the floor. My daughter went to the bathroom. So, this the opportunity to follow my daughter into the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And me as a father, I don't know if it was my instincts, but I'm like, she's been in the bathroom too. Okay. Let me go to the bathroom. Let me, you know. So I went out a bit to the bathroom and waited out. There's a lot of people there, a lot of adults there. And I'm like, you know, she should have been out of the bathroom. The lady was in there, my daughter's face yelling at her, screaming, talking about, you know, why she shouldn't, why she, why she's not her daughter friend. And you know, her daughter, she got in my face. And what? So three white women, white lady, three white women are coming out the bathroom. And my daughter's coming out watery eye. I said, what's wrong with you? So the lady's trying to get away 
before she had no idea that her father would be standing inside of the right, bathroom. Right. So the, the um she's trying to walk off. She said, Daddy, that lady got in my face. Oh my god. I grabbed my daughter, tracked the lady I got in her face the same way she got my I daughter. know you did. I said, never get in my I put my hand this close from her face. Mm -hmm. Now the two ladies up sure they were in support of her right. in the bathroom. Mm -hmm. She was wrong. Now she was wrong, mm -hmm. you know. But now I'm yelling and screaming. My wife is like, "What, my husband?" Because I'm like, "Man, don't you ever in your life?" I know you did. And now that gave my daughter a sense of courage. Sure, yeah, you know? absolutely. But what if I hadn't have been there? Confidence. What if I hadn't have been there? Right. How would her spirit have been, you know, for the rest of her life? She would, you know, that would have been a traumatic experience for the rest of her life. And if something else traumatic would happen. She may feel like she had no way. That's little situations like that. It is <clears throat> that you know that you need to be there for, or mm -hmm. even if you're not there, be aware of. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're not a dad that's actually in the house mm -hmm. and you hear your kids are dealing with something, you know how much it means for you to pull up. What happened? What's going on? Dad's here. I'm yeah. here. Yeah. You know, they need that security, especially you said there were two female teenagers, right? Mm -hmm. That says a lot. Yeah, it does. You know, if we're not protecting the women, at least protect the the female baby, like, you know, like, That's that right. says a lot. It does says a lot. You know. And so what's the takeaway? You think that they should, we have to we, find, we, we have to find new ways of interacting I, with I, us. I told you men need to, in the beginning, you know, these answers in the beginning, they'll answer questions in the end. Right. Men need to step up, you know, men together. Right. Guess what we need to do, man? We need to start doing talent shows and we need to start bringing Interacting more. Right. Interacting. We need to have more fun with the children you know mm -hmm. we need to you know because a lot of times i think what affected the black family in the uh, 50s and 60s and some people may disagree but i think that we didn't need you know like our grandfathers and great-grandfathers all coming from the military i don't think that was a good thing to structure a lot of our families with that military presence mm -hmm. you know stand up make your bed you know god told me man if he was if he overslept in his bed his dad walk at the ice wall and throw it on him on the whole bed and you know, if you you know, we, we were like that, you know, that mentality was for a certain purpose right. that was for the army, the navy, and the marines. Right. The structure of family on that military structure, I don't think it benefited us. No, a lot I don't. of the 50s and 60s, I think those men can't structure with you don't talk back, you don't man, my come and pluck me in the back of my head if you feel you know, and we just start right. I think they need to know so gone are the days of putting fear in the children because that's what they was doing. Right. You're putting your fear in your kids, right, children. Right. That's not a child that's going to say anything. Right. right. You don't so that's a child don't. that keeps secrets. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah. Gone or that day. Gone more interaction and more getting to know who your child is. Absolutely. And like you said, letting your child become that individual where who you can talk to and, right. and have a nice conversation and dive with in a respectful manner. Absolutely. It's my son. I raised right. my son differently point where when he was small I told him it's always a way that you can talk to or your father right. and voice your opinion with being respectful. Right. I will never stifle you. I want to be expressive. No words that you that's coming from your heart are inside of you to be stuck inside of you. I want you to bring them out. But you can talk to me in a respectful way. And how old is he? He will be 13 in October. He's 12. So, okay. So you know it's all it's a way about doing it. But yeah. and you know what? I think that him knowing that is going to take a burden, such a weight lifted, you know, because he's going to try sometimes. Of course. You know, I'm looking at the reality. The reality is he's 
going through puberty. And the reality is that, yes, he thinks about it. Sometimes he comes in and sometimes he does automatically. I can see the automatically. How was your day? He'll ask me. And I'll say, how was yours? Oh, wow. And he'll sit down and we'll talk. No, but, <laughs> but then there's days yeah. when I can see in his eye that he has something, but guess who's not going to know? Me. <laughs> right, right, absolutely. So what is those times where yeah. he wants to keep stuff to himself? But I appreciate those times where he, when he opens up and says, guess what happens? Those right. are the times that makes me think about that's from what you did. Yeah. You yeah. opened them up to dialogue. Yeah. And that's yeah. what we're doing. So, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes. <laughs> no, but, you know, he's, he, like I said, he's, when I said try it, I mean, he's going to come to you. Sometimes, you say, you know, if you need me, talk to me, come to me. And some parents shut him down. Oh, I ain't trying that again. Right. So, you, know, you were available. Like, you know, you were available for him. And that created a, a, a pattern of, you know what? She was true to her. You know, I could come and, you know, not get in trouble. Mm -hmm. But I... You know, right. That's the most important thing right there. And Tormel, we have reached, guess what? <laughs> the end of the show. And I think we went over too. We was engaging. We were yeah, really talking. Absolutely. I will. And I'll be back. I thank you for coming <laughs> to Cathartic Conversations podcast. And before you go, I created this board. And okay. this board is called the Board of Hope and okay. Perseverance. So I want each one of my guests to sign their name okay. and put a positive quote or uh, the encompass hope and perseverance with your name. Now you have your pen there and borders behind you. All right. I don't have to spin the camera. So, oh, you, uh, oh, it's already on the board. Excuse me. With the camera? Yeah, my producer did good this time. Okay, so. Anywhere you want. Okay. You gotta take your top off of the pen, <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. Right here. Lightly. There you go. Switch my whole signature because the one I use now, you can't even tell what it is. Now, put your word up underneath your signature, whatever comes to mind. Okay. Then you got to speak your word out. This is, this is, I got so many in my head. <laughs> All right. Mm. <laughs> is forever the place. Oh, man. Anything that comes hope or appearance that you know that the world is, you going to set it up. Okay. One uh, word to our mail or one, a quote or a quote. Okay. And you gonna tell the viewers what it is. Be the champion of love. Be the champion of love. And I want to thank Tormel Pittman for being here. And I want to thank the viewers for watching. And thank you for joining us on Conversations Podcast. See you next time. Peace. <laughs>